0: All good. Good to have everyone together. It's, I love it. I love when we get to do this because we, it's people I haven't seen for ages. And so good to know that you're still alive and still breathing. And uh, that's not a joke, but it could be. Uh, yeah, I suppose I've had a difficult time. I'll move on quickly. I want to, I want to read, I want to focus today. Very simple passage that Jesus said it's in three of the four gospels. You can find it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's, so if you've got your bibles I've memorized this it's not you probably know this verse off by heart but why don't you turn to Mark chapter 12 and I'm going to read I'm going to read from 29 to 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 31 but we've only got 30 on the state on the on the screen that's the main thing um guys this is the most important thing God wants you to do with your life this is the the, the like if you, if you trace the Bible, this comes over and over. So this is, if you want to remember one thing, just say to yourself, what Zeke's about to say this morning, the verse that we're going to read is the most important thing I need to do with my life. Can you take that in? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the most important thing. So here we go. Um, Jesus is questioned about what's the greatest commandment. And one of the teachers of the law come, to, come and, and heard them debating. Notice that Jesus had given them... A good answer. He, uh, he, uh, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important one? We don't have any of this up on the screen, I don't think. But this is what Jesus gets to this. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is the verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then he goes on to say, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the most important thing that you could do with your lives on this earth, in today's, in, in this moment, in culture. It's an ancient passage, but it's, it's appropriate. Does anyone want to hear a love story? Because yeah. yeah. the thing is, yeah, should, we, should it, it, we're going to focus a little bit on God's love. But I'll tell you a little love story from my own life. Uh, I met um, my now wife, Ellie, years ago. Very a long time ago, and um, we we got together, and I went from this stage. Some of you might know this. You, you go, I like this lady, this young young woman. I, I really like this young. Oh, I, I think I love this young woman. And so we're a month into the relationship. Remember that a month in. And I decided to, we were texting, she was at work, I don't know how she was texting me at work, but anyway, um, and I wasn't, and we were texting, and it was a table tennis, you know, text tennis, It was back and forth, back and forth, you saw the bubbles, then the text comes through, it's all happening, although it wasn't on an iPhone, so there wasn't any of that, and we're texting, and I'm getting really excited, and, and I think it's a good idea to, to, to create a little story in the text, you know cheesy. This is mega cheese, so I'm just preparing you. Anyway, I'm writing about a boy and a girl who met each other, and they, they were having a great time, blah, 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 blah. And um, I get to the point, and, I'm think, and I think Ellie's imagining where's this going. And so I say, and there was this moment where the boy realized he was falling in love with the girl a month in. And, um, and, and, I, and then I followed the text by saying, and I think I feel the same as the boy. Oh, how cheesy is this? So cheesy. The text, what was table tennis, instantly stops. And it's just like, and and what felt like an eternity was about half an hour. Then I get this text back, Zeke, this is weird. It's way too full on. I don't feel the same. Um, Like, let's talk about literally a week later, Ellie broke up with me. And, and we continued what our friends called the saga. Literally, my mate, literally, how, how's the saga going? We were on and off more times than, I don't know, I've changed something. But we were on and off. And then finally, Ellie realized that, you know, it was, it was right. I was right. And we, 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 we've, we got married. We actually celebrated seven years of marriage just in J- July. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, and, and, but, you know, what you need to know about God... And it's fundamental and it's very basic is that He loves you. He loves you. You can probably recall some passages in the Bible. I love Romans 5.8. But while we were still sinners, Christ died. I love that passage. He, that, that He actually, while we were still sinners, while we were rejecting God, while we weren't interested in Him, He was wanting to have a love relationship with us where He knows us and we knows, know Him. And the thing is, is that... That like, if you ever want to be reminded of God's love, just look to the cross. Because the cross is the ultimate image. It, you can travel anywhere in the world and you'll see a cross. And the cross, it's a, an empty cross because Jesus died and he rose again. And, he, and, and that's a reminder throughout history that he loves you and he loves us. And he's calling us into a relationship with him. But what do we do with his love? That love needs a response, right? Right? It's great to know that God loves us, but what about the response with our lives? What, what are we going to do with that? So many people, you could walk around, we could just go up to Clapham Junction Station, stand outside, hey, do you know God loves me? Yeah, yeah, I know God loves me. What are you going to do about it? Who knows, man? I'm just getting some flowers and going to get some brunch and whatever. Like, but he loves you, so what, what are we going to do about it? Now, today, I have an illustration. This is a throne. Um, it, it look, does it look like a throne? Yeah. It, it is a throne. Ooh, that's a bit... Needs tightening loose up there. Um, Anyway, Jesus is ultimately saying who's on the throne. That's what he's saying in this passage. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And and if we think about a throne, just as an illustration, when you think of who's on the throne throughout history, you think of authority, right? Someone who has authority. And, And we've seen, we've just seen the death of Queen Elizabeth and now the rise of a new king and if you look through history we kings and queens come and go not to be irreverent but they do they come and go but Jesus and God has always been on the throne if you read the bible if you read from cover to cover you'll realize that God is on the throne he's always been on the throne he's the king of kings lord of lords and Jesus came to be the the exact representation of God in human flesh. And so God's on the throne. Basically, what, what Jesus is saying when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, is basically ne- make him number one. Keep God on the throne. So here's my question as we start today. As I, as I speak, I'd encourage you, let the Holy Spirit ask this question in your heart. Who's on the throne of your heart? Or what is on the throne of your heart? Years ago, if you had have asked me as a teenager, uh, Hey, Zeke, what's on the throne? Like, what's, what, what is it? Who is it? I would have said football. In other words, if you had have said to me, Zeke, what's number one in your life? I would have said football. I, I love football. I'm passionate about football. It's an amazing sport. Let's see if we can do this. Oh, no. I don't, I don't have the skill. Anyway, four or five. It's embarrassing. Football. I, if you had have asked me what's on the throne, I would have said Football. Is on the throne. That's the thing I thought about. That's the thing I lived for, literally. Some of you will know this. Some of you can pinpoint a thing that was number one in your life. Maybe it's not anymore. Maybe it still is. I don't know what's on the throne of your life. If you had have said that to me as a teenager, I would have said football. Now, the thing is, football isn't bad in and, in, its of its, in and of itself, but if football's on the throne or whatever else is on the throne, God can't be on the throne because football's on the throne. You get me? But God wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. He wants all of it. And you might be saying, well, well what, like, why should I give my life to God? Why? Well, we'll get to that. But I want to take you back to the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. Still read it? Yeah? Don't, don't be one of those Christians that say, and I hear them saying, oh, no, Old Testament doesn't apply to my life. Not, it's, just new, it's a new thing now. It's not an old thing. No, no, no. It's the whole, whole, whole scriptures. The whole word of God. He's been speaking for thousands of years and he's still speaking today. Same God. Yesterday, today and forever. Don't, don't lose sight. So I will take you back thousands of years ago to the Israelites. The God's people, his chosen people. They're captive in, in Egypt. Yeah, they're under multiple pharaohs' rule for 413 years. That's a long time to be an oppressed people. So the Israelites, they're there. They're being whipped. They're being built, uh, beaten. They're building whatever pharaohs at the time want. And they're struggling and they're suffering. And God raises up a man called Moses. Remember that guy? No, Moses isn't the name of our son. It it won't be. <laughs> Um, but anyway, someone, some young person said, is it Moses? No, no. Uh, anyway, Moses. And you, you, if you've read the story, you'll know the story. If you don't, you want to be reminded you could read uh, the story in Exodus, or you could watch The Prince of Egypt. you know that film? It's not biblically correct, the whole thing, but it's there. There can be miracles when you believe, when you believe. Uh, anyway. So, so there's, there's that going on and, and God is faithful. He raises up Moses and then, and then to get Pharaoh's attention, God sends 10 plagues. And the Israelites, none of them are affected by this plague. They just see the power of God manifest and then God drags them out of Egypt. They cross the Red Sea, you know the story, and then they're walking and they're wandering and, and God looks after them, a cloud, cloud by day, fire by night. So these people physically, tangibly saw the presence of God before their eyes. And this is ma- crazy stuff. I don't know, but I believe this happened. I, I really do. I believe that God's that powerful. That's the kind of God I believe in. I don't know if you th- read that story and think that's impossible and there's, there's history out there and it would come. No, I, I believe, I believe that. God did that. He, 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 he took the Israelites out and they saw all this. And then Moses is up, up on the mountain, Mount Sinai. He's getting, or as some people say, Sinai. Anyway, he's up on the mountain and he's receiving the Ten Commandments and he's been gone for 40 days, 40 days. The Israelites saw plagues. They saw like the, the sea part. They saw amazing things and 40 days they start mumbling and, where's Moses? He's forgotten about us. God doesn't care. God's not real. Let's do something about it. And these people are mumbling and grumbling and they have this great idea. Let's get a load of our gold. Let's get a load of our, Do your gods that brought you out of Egypt. I don't know about you. Does that sound dopey or what? Yeah. Crazy. How would you ever not believe in God if you've seen these plagues and you've seen the sea part? I don't know about you. I would never not follow him with my life. You? Would you, like, sit, you know, you wouldn't. It would be ignorant. I mean, what on earth did they think was the golden calf was going to do? Produce golden cheeseburgers or something? You know? It, it's not, it, like, and, and so they, they, end up, they end up just doing this. And if you know the story... that that really messes them up. And keep reading and you can see the whole story if you read the whole Bible. But here's the thing. I think we're still a little bit like that today. Stuff gets in the way of our lives, in the way of our relationship with God. We lose connection. We forget what He's done in our lives. We forget His faithfulness. We forget His goodness. We decide to, to, to give our lives to different things. And this is what the people did and like Mike talked about last week, our hearts, like John Calvin wrote, they're idol factories. We can't help but develop idols. We love this thing, it becomes an idol. And an idol is anything that will take God off the throne and put it, whatever it is, on the throne. And we've got to get them off. We've got to get idols off. So God loves you. He longs for you to love him. And we don't talk about this much in church, but he's jealous. He's a jealous God. He's so jealous for your love because he's given it all. So when you give it all to someone or something, you expect something. But so our, our relationships and our giving is so much based on insecurity and when I say jealous, you think, oh, God's jealous. Yeah, exactly. He is a, he, you know, you think, no, no, I, I'm not talking like that. Like, let me give you an illustration. Now, when Ellie and I got together, at back to us, um, uh, <laughs> um, when, we, when we got together and we got married, we said these vows and we made these commitments to one another and, and they're serious things. And, 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 and I love Ellie. I love her. I love her with my life. Not all my life, not all my heart, not all my soul. That's for the Lord. But, you know, almost, almost everything. And, you know, for many time in our relationship, she was kind of, I would say, number one. But anyway, that, that's another point. Um, so we're committed to one another. Now, if Ellie just started to hang out with someone else and pour out her love on, to, with, with another man, I would be jealous. I would be jealous because I'm committed I've said yes. And that's why intimacy and commitment in relationships need to be at the same level. See, relationships in our culture and societies, are uh, loads of intimacy, particularly sexual, no commitment. No, nah, not with God. Full-on intimacy, full-on commitment, that's the way it needs to be. It's the way God wants it. That's the way God made us to be fully committed and, fu- and then therefore fully intimate. And so anyway... If, if that happened, I would be jealous. That's a tiny illustration of God's heart. He's jealous. He's not insecurely jealous. He's jealous for your love because He gave it all. How do we know that? Jesus. Just look to the cross. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God set the standard. For what love is all about and what commitment is all about. And he's a jealous God. And please remember that. He's jealous for your love. He's jealous for your time. He's jealous for your attention. He's jealous for your heart. And we're wooed and we're we're, we're pulled from pillar to post to all these other things that are going on. But God just wants your heart. He wants your heart. And so who's on the throne of your heart? Back to Ellie and me. Um, this is a picture of us on our wedding day. People online might be able to see it. Oh, isn't that sweet? Um, anyway, for years and years, I'll take football off for a second. Ellie was definitely on the throne. Oh, <coughs> fell off the throne. Um, I don't know if that... Oh, gosh, that caused a reaction. Um, she, she was on the throne. Now, I mean, when I was younger, she took my time, my attention, my... She didn't ask for it, I just voluntarily gave it. That's what happens when we fall in love with someone. We just They become this overwhelming thing in our life. And, and so for a long time, Ellie was on the throne of, of my heart. I'd say that. And, and I remember a point when God really challenged me and said, Zeke, this isn't going to work. And I started to realize that. So I decided I'd tell Ellie that in a Zeke way. So I was dropping her home one day And we were stood out, sat in my car outside her house, and I said, "Here's the thing, babe, or whatever I was saying at the time. "Um, I don't need you in my life. I want you in my life. Is that harsh?" It it was harsh at the time. Ellie slammed the door, ran off, and then we broke up again. But like, it was was literally like that. Anyway, I I know Ellie hates me going on about this, but um, anyway. but, that, that would, but my, my posture changed. I don't need you. I want you. We only need God. So, so suddenly she had to come off the throne. So maybe you think about this for yourself. Is there someone or something, a person that's on the throne right now? Maybe you're single and you're longing to, to meet someone and you think that meeting someone is going to make you whole. No, it won't. No, it won't. Only God can make you whole. I was single for many years and now I'm married and I look back at it and I think, man, I wish I had have devoted my heart even more when I was single because now my, my heart is conflicted. And Paul talks about this. Read about it. You know, whatever it is, I wonder what, who or what is on the throne. Maybe it's career. We live in like the, 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 the capital of... The, this is the epicenter of England, right? London. Yeah? Any, no, maybe not, okay. Um, w- w- the career is like so important, I brought a laptop, it's, it's, in, it's in here, believe me, it's just my nice case. Laptop, it, it, this, this work, work hard, play hard, people say it, like work is so important. And, and, and we're, we're all building something, right? We're all going towards something and we, we find our identity and how well we're doing in work, how much money we're making, whether we're getting promoted or whether we're, we're getting liked by our boss or whatever. And we're pursuing this thing. And so easily, I think, work and career can, can, can end up on the throne. It becomes the thing that your life is orientated. But Jesus challenges that. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. But if work or career is on the throne... God can't be on the throne because work or career is on the throne. Are you a closet Christian at work? Do people know? Just a question. Or you you need to come out of the closet and and say, Hey, I'm a Christian. You might not do it like that, but do people know? (laughs) Do people know do people know you're a Christian? One of my good mentors, friends, I respect him for years, never really, his friends didn't know he was a Christian, amazing Christian guy. So one day we're on the phone and we're talking and, and, and he's got a bad back. I'm talking serious bad back that he had to like get, he had to go home, leave work. He was in so much pain. So that night we're talking because we're having a mentor session. I said, has anyone laid hands on you and prayed? He said, well, Some people haven't laid hands. I said, look, I'm on the phone, but I just pray that your back would be completely healed and tomorrow you'd be fine. And he said, oh, it's actually a little bit better. So we end up keep talking. And by the end of the call, his back was fine. He goes back to work the next day. His boss says, what's wrong with you? You were literally like trying to get home yesterday and you had to leave early. And he said, yeah, my friend prayed for me. Because I'm a Christian. And he realized he just starts sharing his faith with his boss. He'd never done it. Don't be a closet Christian. Don't be a closet Christian. Come out of the closet. Tell people. If if work is on the throne, God can't be on the throne because work is on the throne. Sport. Maybe it was sport. Any sport lovers here? Football? I just, you know... For me, years ago, and I remember when I was 16 years old, grew up in a Christian family. It was, it was a challenging time for me as a youth and, and giving my life to Jesus, but, but football being on the throne and realizing that God wanted everything. So I made a decision one day in a building way bigger than this with way more people to go up the front and give my life to Jesus. <clears throat> And this had never happened to me and I'd never seen it before, but the guy preaching grabbed the mic and put it in my face and said, why have you come to the front? And I was a timid, insecure young man and a boldness came over me and I said, because I want to make Jesus number one. And that day, something changed and I've never been the same. Because when you make Jesus number one, he takes you at your word, remember? And he's jealous for your love and he'll love you, but you've got to love him back. You've got to give your life. To him. Anyway, a few weeks later, I'm playing at a really high level, highest level that I could in my state, in Sydney, in Australia. And I'm playing for Wollongong Wolves. That won't mean anything for you. But I'm playing, I'm playing in the reserve grade. I'm 16 years old, playing with men and trying to push for first grade. And the reserve team player, team coach, comes into the room and he's like, um, Boys, we're not playing good enough. I know you've trained three days, three days this week, but you're coming in tomorrow. And if you're not here Friday, then you won't play on Saturday. And I'm thinking, well, I just make Friday's my, I go to youth that night. That's where I go to church. That's where I develop my faith. That's where I say yes to God. And I'm having this conflicting feeling. And so I say to my manager, hey, uh, I can't play. T- I can't train. I'm going to be on the bench on Saturday. He said, why? I said, because I can't come uh, to training. He said, why? What's-? He said this, what is more important than football in your life? And I didn't say this at the time, but what was going on in my heart is God. Because football's not number one anymore. And so I was on the bench that Saturday and I first felt the cost of following Jesus. Have you felt the cost of following Jesus? You'll need to turn off airplane mode. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is John- Jonathan Hermans, John T. It's your fault. Um, <laughs> he did that, and I'll get him later. And I smash this. No, no. Um, anyway, guys, just yeah. Football's on the throne. God can't be on the throne because football's on the throne. So we've got to take it off. I've got two more things. This one is important to me because I've struggled with this. And as a man, it will be interesting to admit this. But I, the mirror. You know, image. The modern idol. Do I look all right? The obsession of self. It's okay, man. Selfies are normal. Self-obsession is normal. Is it? Is that what God wants? Maybe, maybe it's like this. I'm going to do a scenario. I'm just going to play. I'm going to highlight some insecurities that I had and that I also still have, just to give you a little thing. Maybe images on the throne. It's like this. You know, you catch yourself. You're walking in the morning. You've done your hair, whatever you do. And you, you oh, oh, A mirror oh, oh, my nose, it's just got that bone out of place, and it doesn't look right, and people call me skinny, I think I'm athletic, but they, they say skinny, and like, I've got a bit of alopecia, and beard looks funny, it's not like it used to, and And you have your own internal dialogue, yeah? But that last time I read this book and pored over it and went to this for my who I am, rather than social media or a friend or a loved one, no, 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 the, straight to the, the source, it's more like this. Oh my goodness me. One created in the image of God, fashioned in my mother's womb, saw me, formed me. I'm getting old. Hair's falling out. Who cares? I'm gonna get a new body when I go to meet him anyway. But we obsess over this stuff. Lord Jesus, rend our hearts like Lord, forgive me for the for the for the deep longing to be to be to to get affection and to get approval when you've already given it to me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a, I'm a son of the most high God, the creator of all things. I bear the image of God. So I can't afford to be fuffing around in front of a, a anything, screen or mirror, worrying about what people think or what I think about myself because I'm going straight to the source. Now, I believe this is the modern, this is an idol of the age, of our age, self obsession. We've got to get it off the throne because if it's on the throne, God can't be on the throne and he's a jealous God. He longs for, for him to be on the throne. If he's on the throne and not a mirror or a phone or whatever else, a phone or money, whatever it is, money, 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 money. Isn't funny or what's the lyric? In a rich man's world, you know, like... uh uh-huh. All the things I could do. This is what we say. I often think that. All the things I could do if I had a bit more money. No. It's not, it's not going it, to... It, it won't change you. Only God can change you. Who, who wants 10 pounds? Desmond, come on, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, you said... that's Okay. You, you can have 10 pounds. It's, it's fine. Who needs 10 pound? Yeah, you can have 10 pound. It, 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 I'm not being weird, but like, it's, it's, it's just, if we can't give money away, if you can't give to God, if you can't give to his people, if you can't give, like, it might just be on the throne. Money, whatever it is. And God will speak to your heart in, in your own way. If you're, yeah, you get the point, the phone. Can we just get this image up? Banksy, the modern day prison. This cannot be more a more prophetic piece of art than I have ever seen. And I still don't know what this guy looks like. Banksy, <laughs> who knows? Has anyone seen him? I haven't. Um, does anyone know what he looks Anyway, if I can find out. Um, the modern day prison. So often this, this stirs my heart because... This is the the world that we're living in. We're trapped in this thing. It tells us where we need to be, what we need to do, who we need to communicate with. It's constantly demanding our attention. And the manufacturers know that. But the manufacturer of it all knows that. And he's calling us back to get the phone, get money, get everything off the throne so that he can be on the throne. And now I've said all this and I come into land with this. Maybe all these things I'm talking about Maybe if we take all of those things and think about your own life, what what God might be saying to you right now, maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's actually me that's on the throne. Maybe you're on the throne. I, I, I. Me, me, me. It's fascinating that the middle letter for sin is I. I don't think that's a coincidence. Because when we sin and when we repent, we're actually getting I out of the picture so that we can focus on Him, so that we can focus on God. And we say things to ourselves that make ourselves feel better. Manufacturers say these things. It's because you're worth it. L'Oreal, no, 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 great marketing campaign, but you're wrong. It's because He's worth it. He's worth my life. He's worth your attention. It sounds good, but it ain't right. You are worth it. You are worth looking after yourself. And I get what they're saying. But the thing is, it's because he's worth it. He who knew no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Just do whatever feels right. Uh Uh-uh. Lie. Won't help you in your life. Just... Do what makes you happy. No, no, no. Do what makes him happy. Seek first the kingdom. Just if it feels right, if it looks right, if you win in the end, no. No. If he wins, if he gets your life, if he gets your heart. And I can't plead enough because we are desensitized by this message. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Elsie, Elsa, you're wrong. Disney, you're wrong. And we're feeding our children with this. And we actually believe this. No, there is right. There is wrong. There is rules for me. Do you know what the rule that Jesus said, the commandment, the law, he said all of it can be covered in one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That means I don't want to murder. That means I don't want to hate. That means I don't want to sleep around. That means I don't want to look at porn. That means I don't want to engage in unhealthy language and unhealthy stuff that I'm watching. It all has to go. And guys, if we're going to be a people who God wants to consecrate and use to see the kingdom of God break out in this city, and Lord, we need it, then we need, we need, he needs to be on the throne. He wants your heart. He longs for your heart. And you know what he's saying to your heart right now. I've been preaching, but this is what I love as a preacher, that the Holy Spirit goes beyond me. I've not said things. I've said things, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you directly. He's pointing something in your heart that might be on the throne. And so that's that's it really. If anything else is on the throne of your life and it's not God, and this is a big thing, but Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and and His righteousness and all these things will be added on. That's what God's interested in. A pure and contrite heart. A heart that's before Him. A life that's turned towards Him. And so i want to I want to ask some people to do some bold things today because someone asked me one day to do a bold thing, and I'm so glad so this is it if we're going to pray for people we want to give opportunities really for people to 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 um to take things off the throne today but but if you if you if well oh, if if something else is on the throne or, or if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never made a commitment to follow him or to say yes to him, or you have and you've lost your way, then I want to ask you to do a really bold thing. And there might be no one, but there might be one. Then I want to invite you to come and stand at the front here with me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wait. This is really awkward, but that's okay. Because God wants hearts. So it could be the first time or it could be the 10th time, but you want to make a decision in front of part of your spiritual family that you want to say yes to God. And so to make it a little bit easier, let's just all stand together. But if that's you, I'm just going to wait. And I'd invite you to just come to the front. Holy Spirit, I know that you're here. You're working in hearts. And if people need to follow you or recommit to you, I pray that you'd give them the boldness to do that right now. We're going to pray. We're just going to pray. A simple prayer where we actually turn our heart back to God. Put Him on the throne. And, and let's, let's all pray together. So I'm going to pray and would you repeat with me? It's just a prayer of consecration. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of saying, Jesus, you're number one again. And I'm committing. And these prayers, they're all throughout the Bible where people are saying, I want to give, I'm giving everything to you. So here we go. So just, I'll pray, you repeat, and then I'll keep praying, yeah? One of those. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn to you. Fill my life. Fill me with your spirit. I'm yours. My life is yours. Today I make you number one. And I decide to follow you. Be with me. Comfort me. Guide me. Direct me. And help me to keep you on the throne. In Jesus' name, amen.